I know Palestinians, personally some of them not quite well, who I've known for a long time. One of the reasons they so desperately uh, hate their government is because they are destroying any chance for peace. When it comes to defending Israel, it's easy to feel unprepared in conversations with our co-workers, family, friends, maybe even those in our church. We all know Israel is often blamed for Palestinian suffering, but how do we answer that accusation? Today, Chris speaks once again with Itamar Marcus of the Palestinian Media Watch. Itamar will continue to give us the answers to some of these difficult questions. Also, we're often asked here at the Friends of Israel, if you're a friend of Israel, you're probably not a friend of the Palestinians. You know, it's an interesting thing to think about, but is it true? Chris deals with that once again in our short segment this week. Later, Apples of Gold, you're listening to the Friends of Israel Today, where we teach biblical truth for changing times. I'm Steve Conover. Let's join our host and teacher, Chris Katolka, as he welcomes back Edomar Marcus by phone. Folks, welcome to the program. I'm Chris Katolka, your host. And last week we had uh, Edomar Marcus, the director of the Palestinian Media Watch, on our program. Uh, you can find uh, information about Palestinian Media Watch at palwatch.org. That's P A L W A T C H.org. And uh, the Palestinian Media Watch is a, really a, an arm to help us understand what the Palestinians are really saying to their people. And last week we learned a little bit about this from Edomar. Edomar, again, is the director of the Palestinian Media Watch and is one of the foremost authorities on Palestinian ideology and policy. So, uh, Edomar, thank you for coming back for a second round with us here at the Friends of Israel today. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Last week, um, Edomar, we ended on what you were saying about the Western governments supporting the Palestinian Authority. Uh, oftentimes, we only ever hear here in the United States from critics of Israel, oh, how much money we give to Israel, how much of a detriment that is that we give so much money, critics of Israel saying that. But they never actually talk about the money that's given to the Palestinian Authority and the money that's really wasted that should be helping the Palestinian people. So could you enlighten our listeners a little bit onto where our tax dollars are going when they reach the Palestinian Authority? First of all, the Palestinian Authority uh, entire education is, is filled with uh, hatred and demonization uh, of Israelis, Jews, and in fact, the, the West as well, the United States is even demonized uh, very, very often by the Palestinians, so they're paying actually for their own demonization by the TA, they're paying these people to educate their children to, to hate to hate the West and, and the United States. Um, one of the most outrageous uh, things that the Palestinians already spends money on is they have a law that's been in effect since really 2004. Anytime a terrorist attacks Israel, uh, an Israeli, and is captured, so he could even if killed, uh, he could he could be sending multiple life sentences for multiple murders. As soon as he goes to jail, he starts getting a Palestinian Authority salary. Now the salary today is over 150 million dollars a year that they're just paying to terrorists in Israeli prisons. Uh, there's people like Abdullah Baghouti. Abdullah Baghouti is sitting 67 life sentences for killing 67 Israelis uh, through bombs that he built. He built. Uh, 
bombs that were used for Hamas and suicide bombs. Israel eventually arrested him. As soon as he was arrested, he started getting a salary. He's already received uh, somewhere over $100,000 in salary uh, that's sitting in the bank account waiting for him so that when he gets out, uh, he will then uh, be a wealthy person and everybody, and he'll buy his car and he'll buy his home. Uh, and this, if he gets out, he shouldn't get out. Like I said, he's sitting life sentences. Mm-hmm. But uh, you never know uh, what might happen in some uh, future terrorist uh, exchange. Uh, Israel, the Palestinians are constantly threatening to kidnap Israelis and, and trade them for, for the terrorists in prison. But this is where the money's going. It's made $150 million a year are going to Palestinians. In addition, it's paying for Palestinian television, which is teaching children that Jews are monkeys and pigs uh, and the enemies of Allah, and that they have to be fought. Uh, it, it's paying for all of these things. It's paying for them. Sometimes the, the United States government, and especially the European government, are concerned with what the Palestinian Authority is doing, so they're giving the money to the schools. So, uh, as I mentioned last week, the Palestinian Authority has 25 schools that are named after terrorists. Uh, we are constantly seeing activities in the schools promoting hatred. And I'll give you one example. Last year, a Palestinian boy, probably age 10, 11 years old, was interviewed in school, and he was asked, what did you learn today? So he said, I learned to boycott uh, the, the Jews, to fight them, and to kill them. Mm. And then he was interviewed for the news program, and the editors who put the program on that evening felt no problem broadcasting that on TV. He learned at school to kill the Jews, 10 or 11-year-olds. Mm. So people like the United States and governments like the United States who want to be careful so that money goes for something positive, they end up funding the Palestinian Authority Ministry of Education, and look where the money is going. It's also going for hatred. It's also going for demonization. And these are just two examples. If, if, uh, if your listeners go to our website, uh, powerwatch.org, they will find their entire report that we did on the Ministry of Education of the Palestinian Authority. So it's, it's almost impossible today to give money to the Palestinian Authority that will not be used for some kind of hatred or terror, terror glorification. If you give to the Ministry of Youth and Sports, it also sounds very wonderful. Uh, the Ministry of Youth and Sports, uh, recently the, uh, there was a uh, basketball tournament named after the same terrorist, Al Mugrabi. There have been dozens and dozens of tournaments that have been named after terrorists, so the kids see them as role models. So it's very hard to give any money to the PA today, and I, I call this a major failure of the United States and the European Western governments, the Western European governments, that they poured in uh, altogether about a billion dollars a year to the PA and they are funding a world of hatred that will guarantee war and terror for, for at least another generation. Uh, if they're funding them, they have the, uh, and they're funding them to approximately a third of their budget. They have the power to demand peace education, they have the power to demand the cessation of hatred, because they're paying for it, and they're not doing it. Uh, they claim they're doing it, but we see on a daily basis that there have been no results. And anyone who's a business person, who's a businessman, who uh, understands that when you have someone who's a partner with you and is not listening to you, who's totally failing, you don't continue pouring money into that investment. And that's the tragedy of American uh, funding today uh, of the Palestinians. It is a terrible investment. It's an investment in, in war and terror. Can you tell us, you know, uh, 
Last week, we talked about Mahmoud Abbas, the uh, president of the Palestinian Authority. The Western world considers him a moderate. And then he goes and he speaks out of the other side of his mouth to the uh, in Arabic to his community. And it's a completely different story. But in the in the eyes of the West, Mahmoud Abbas is the hope for the Palestinian people. But the reality is, is that the Palestinian people statistically will vote for Hamas, probably. What is the future? Edomar for the Palestinian people. It's clearly not a future of a peace plan with Israel at any time soon. What do you see the future of Israel, uh, of the Palestinian people are, and is there any hope? Well, I know Palestinians, personally some of them uh, quite well, who have known for a long time, who, who one of the reasons they so desperately uh, hate their government is because they are destroying any chance for peace. These are people who, who want peace with Israel. Uh, they hate the hate education that, uh, that the leadership is giving to the children there. Uh, and, they, uh, and they're just waiting for, uh, for the international community to stop funding the Palestinian Authority so that it, would, that it would collapse and maybe the people would be able to have a different kind of leadership. So as long as the current leadership continues to be supported and, and really kept alive artificially by the international community, uh, there is no chance for peace. Uh, unless we have some miracle change, uh, and it's not going to come from Abbas. We need some leader who's going to go there and, and all of a sudden say, okay, listen, we've been wrong all these years. Part of the tragedy is Abbas has been so good at teaching hatred and raising a generation of people who, who hate Israelis um, that a new leader now would have a major, major challenge uh, surviving if he actually told his people that he'd bring peace. So uh, not very optimistic for the immediate uh, future. Uh, hopeful that at some point there will be a Palestinian leader who will want to really have peace, will change the education, and, and start naming sporting events after people who really want peace and, and not after terrorists. When we get that leader, that will be the, the first day of a peace process. We have not had one day of an authentic peace process since the signing of the Oslo Accords in 1993. It's all been an act of deception. From then, it is so clear from their education, from their schools, from their media. You don't educate people and your children like this if you really want them to live in peace with Israel. Folks, we've been talking to Edomar Marcus, who is the founder and director of the Palestinian Media Watch. And really, as you've been hearing from him, a foremost authority on Palestinian ideology and policy. Edomar, uh, can you tell our people how they can connect with you and how they can keep in touch with you and, and all that you're doing on this important topic? Okay, so the best way, go to our website, uh, palwatch.org, P-A-L-W-A-T-C-H.org. And on the top of the page, there's a box where you can subscribe to get our, uh, our press releases, our, our latest bulletins, our latest translations, our latest videos with subtitles. And then what we encourage people to do is just take this material, send it to your congressmen, send it to your senators, uh, send it to your media, create an awareness of, of what America is paying for that people don't know. I fear that much of the uh, much of Congress doesn't know. We we meet with Congress regularly. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. There are many members of Congress who are fighting for change and fighting for limitation of American funding to the PA because because of all this hatred. Those members of Congress have to be given support uh, so that that word that word can get out that the United States is right now not promoting peace by funding the PA, but they're actually guaranteeing that there'll be another generation of, of hatred and war. 
Thank you, Edomar. And folks, I just want to say this. You know, uh, I am a pro-Zionist. I am a Zionist Christian. I support Israel. But that does not mean that we are anti-Palestinian. We want to make sure that the Palestinian have proper education and a proper way to go forward with peace so that they can live side by side. We want to make sure that money is being directed in the proper place. And you know what? It's just not happening right now. So Edomar has been a great asset to us to give us an understanding of really the root of where this this evil is coming from. Edomar, thank you again, my friend. Thank you so much for inviting me and have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye. Support for Israel is such a vital aspect of our relationship as Americans. The American-Israeli relationship is incredibly important because of the values that we share miles apart. That's why I want to introduce you to Ally by Ambassador Michael Oren. This New York Times bestselling author's memoir of his time as Israeli ambassador to the United States, which was a period of transformative change for America and a time of violent upheaval throughout the Middle East. This book provides a frank, fascinating look inside the special relationship between America and its closest ally in the region, Israel. Get your copy of Ally today at foiradio.org or call 888-343-6940. That's 888-343-6940. When you have a conversation with someone about the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, you know, it seems as though you have to draw a hard line in the sand. You either stand on Israel's side or you stand on the side with the Palestinians. And as I've spent the past 10 years studying the history of the modern state of Israel, I've come to this conclusion that as a Christian, I am both pro-Israel and I am not anti-Palestinian. I am a Christian Zionist who values the lives of the Palestinians that are suffering. Now, you may think that being pro-Israel and not anti-Palestinian is an oxymoron. You know, uh, at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, we are often asked by people, oh, you must be a friend of Israel, but you probably are an enemy of the Palestinians. And this just isn't true. This is a lie. Last week, I shared with you why I am not anti-Palestinian. I shared about how Uh, These people are misled, and they are not misled by Israel, but they're misled by their own government, the Palestinian leadership. And the Western nations aren't helping at all either. They keep perpetuating the problem by funding these corrupt Palestinian governments with billions of dollars per year. And what's to show for it? School textbooks that are full of hatred toward Jewish people? Maps that leave out the state of Israel as if it doesn't even exist? and children who are being taught to kill the innocent. I feel both saddened and have compassion for the Palestinian people who are stuck in this holding pattern because the leadership of the Muslim countries and the leadership of the Palestinians hold them there. So as a result, let me explain to you why I am pro-Israel. 
I am pro-Israel for two reasons. First, because the scriptures tell us that God made an irrevocable promise to the Jewish people way back in Genesis 12 and 15, an eternal covenant that promises the whole land of Israel, including Judea and Samaria, the the, the West Bank as it's known. I am also pro-Israel on political grounds. You know, in history, according to international law, they have a right to exist within the borders of the disputed territory. That is the West Bank. They have a right internationally, uh, under international law. While many people are busy blaming Israel for the status of the Palestinian people, they are unaware of the money, time, and energy Israel invests to sustain the Palestinians living in the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, Syria, and Jordan. When you add up the resources given to the Palestinians by Israel, they easily outweigh those of their own people in neighboring Muslim countries. Israel has provided citizenship to Arabs living in Israel proper. They're Israeli citizens. And it's even given citizenship to Palestinians living in East Jerusalem as well as other areas of the West Bank. And this affords them the f- a freedom of speech, freedom to worship, Israeli health care, Israeli uh, pensions, and a thriving economy in which to do business. Much better than those living in Lebanon, Syria, Egypt, or Jordan. I'm pro-Israel because I believe that the Israeli government and its citizens not only have the well-being of Israelis in mind, but also the Palestinians. Listen to this poll that was done in 2014. 60% of Israeli citizens wish to see peace talks continue with the Palestinian people, allowing the Palestinian people to create their own destiny. And this demonstrates that there is a large group of Israeli citizens that want the best for their Palestinian neighbors. So can someone be pro-Israel and not anti-Palestinian? Yes, 100%. Why do we keep drawing a line in the sand when we could hold to our deep biblical and political convictions while still remaining compassionate to those who are in desperate need? You know, the Lord Jesus never wavered in his convictions, and he reached out in compassion to, the, uh, to those who are on the fringe to show them the love of the Father. My friends, may we be people of peace and hope as we bring the gospel to every nation and every people. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. Many Orthodox Jews in my neighborhood, especially older people for whom I make home repairs, usually invite me to their family celebrations such as bar mitzvahs, weddings, and other religious observances. Although they know what I believe, and in spite of our many heated discussions about religion, they never forget me during their times of rejoicing. A father recently invited me to his son's bar mitzvah. 
I attend bar mitzvahs and other religious festivals because they provide good opportunities to witness about the Lord. It is not easy to speak about Him because people do not want to listen, but it gives me courage and opens doors. Shortly after the ceremony, an old man approached me. He knows me well because I have repaired many things for him, and we have spoken about Christ in his home. He greeted me and asked, How can a cat come over the sea and not be wet? I understood his meaning and replied, It is possible if God wills it. Such an incident happened when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and came out dry. I too crossed the sea, literally and figuratively, and came out dry when I survived the Holocaust. This was God's will, so I might meet you and tell you about my faith in Christ. If you like, we can continue the conversation about him that we began in your home. That would be good, he said. I will gather some friends who will be happy to join us. He asked, do you have a Bible with you? Yes, I replied. I am ready to discuss it with you, but I want you to know I did not come to compete with you to see who knows more about the Bible. You see, it's not enough to know about the Bible. The important thing is to believe it. You should know who your Savior is. One of the men said, I suppose you mean you're Jesus. I responded, He is not my Savior only. The Bible says Jesus came from heaven to give himself for the whole world. These men became very agitated and angry. But I was happy the true subject of our discussion, Jesus Christ, was out in the open and that I could freely speak about my faith in him. Just then, another old gentleman came over and asked what we were discussing. When I told him I believe Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, he said, I am sorry that we, the chosen people who are to be examples to the world, are running away from that truth which is taught in the law of Moses. He explained that although he was 84 years old and lacking in physical power, he was mighty in the power of the Lord. The other men who had been so sure of themselves became as weak as flies. This man spoke at great length about his faith in the Lord, and he greatly inspired me. And when he finished, I said, Be strong and blessed. Meeting this dear man was another reminder that the Lord is everywhere. He told me, I heard your conversation with him, and I received the courage to speak up about my faith in the Lord. I never did that before, and I do not know who gave me such strength. The Lord gave you strength, I told him. I pray the Lord will continue to strengthen this dear saint and encourage many others here in Israel to speak out for him. And then the prophecy will be fulfilled. Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Apples of Gold, 
This reading was taken from a regular feature in our magazine, Israel My Glory. If you've never subscribed, I invite you to sign up for a free one-year trial subscription. Call our listener line at 888-343-6940. That's 888-343-6940. Or write to us at FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Or simply visit us on the web at foiradio.org. Next week, we'll look at our current issue of Israel My Glory in depth and welcome author and founder of World of the Bible Ministries, Randall Price. The theme is archaeology. Our host and teacher is Chris Gatolka. Our associate producer and engineer is Tom Gallion. Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. As we close, I'd like to ask if you would prayerfully consider supporting the ministries of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. You can find a donate link on our website to learn more about all the ways you can support us. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. 